Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I do not get results, they do not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I am here with a good friend, Eric Malzone. He is a podcasting machine, over 600 plus interviews on three different podcasts. He's also a CrossFit master, uh, used to own a couple CrossFit gyms. He's competed in CrossFit games, and he is really a major influencer in the fitness and health industry. So uh, welcome, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on. And tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started and what made you become you. Yeah. Thank you, Ari. And first of all, I didn't say this pre-recording, but you look amazing. I haven't talked to you or seen you in like a year, year and a half. And man, you look vibrant, healthy. Uh, you've obviously dropped a couple LBs. And um, I just want to bring that up to the audience that you, you've had quite a transformation yourself. So uh, I just want to acknowledge that you look really good, man. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, 142 pounds. I feel like I want to interview you now, but I guess I'm I'm the one on the seat, right? Yeah, you're <laughs> today. I've I've been on your show. I've been on two of your shows, Fitness Blitz and your Future Fitness. Podcast. Yeah. Next, yeah. next we'll do uh, your new show actually. So, but yeah, you know, go talk about talk about yourself, brag a little. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate the platform and. Uh, First of all, just to go back, I've never been in the CrossFit Games. I never qualified for those. I was a kind of a local competition guy, what I would call the perennial fourth place finisher who never made the platform. So uh, I'll just start with that. But yeah, my story, man, I guess, you know, try to, to keep it to a uh, condensable form, but I've, I'm originally from Northern California. So I grew up in the Silicon Valley before it really was a Silicon Valley to date myself. I'm 43 now. So when I was born, 76, it hadn't really done anything. It was orchards. I got to ride my bike everywhere. It was easy. And then all of a sudden tech, right? And then all kinds of different um, migration into the valley, which really booms. I mean, to give you an idea, uh, numbers, my dad bought the house when I was born for a little over a hundred thousand. Uh, when I looked on Zillow the other day, it's worth 3.1 million. So talk about significant change in an area. So I, I grew up there. I've been, um, I got into swimming, uh, competitive swimming at an early age, mainly because I had really bad asthma. So, um, it was the one sport that really strengthened your lungs, allowed you to breathe, you know, clean air and it's really good for me. But I, I, took a liking to it. I ended up being a competitive swimmer for a very long time, but more importantly, that springboarded me into the sport of water polo at uh, right around the age 10 or 11, which I played for over 20 years through high school, through college on club teams after that. And uh, so I've always been 
athletic, right? I've always wanted to be part of a team. That's part of my nature. Uh, it's part of my background and I'm grateful for that because it really did a, it really improved the quality of my life. It still does today. So after college, I went to school back East. When I came back, it was 1999. The dot-com bubble had just burst. So that coveted job at pets.com was no longer available. And I see you laughing because you remember <laughs> what a case study that was, right? Um, so I, I had, I kind of, I, it was tough. I couldn't find a gig. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I um, didn't really understand entrepreneurship yet. I wish, you know, I had a mentor earlier on that could show me that, but I didn't. So I just got the first job I could take, which was the sales job. And I sold uh, recruitment services. And for a period of about nine years, I sold a lot of things. I sold uh, radio ads, I sold um, real estate finance, I sold legal publishing. And, you know, as the years went on, I got pretty good at it and, and made a decent living doing it. And there was definitely advancement opportunities. And there was this kind of a moment around 07, 08, where I was sitting in a, a national conference for our company and I was looking around and I just started, my mind started to wander. I'm like, what if I stay here and actually just presented on something as well? And I just remember thinking, man, I stay in here, what's going to happen to me in the next 10 years? If I stay in this corporate track um, and a couple of things, I realized that I'll continually drive my sales managers or whoever my VP, whoever it is crazy, because I don't do things the way that other people do them. And also I didn't really like what I saw for myself down the road, as far as health, as far as enjoyment of life, um, as far as chasing a paycheck. And uh, it just, it dawned on me. I realized, Hey, I got to start, I got to start figuring something else. So I, I started doing a lot of different things. I started testing for fire departments, um, started looking at how to start a business, all these things. And serendipitously uh, in 2008, I got a text message from an old college teammate and his name is Trevor Boehm, who's doing magnificent things now. And it just said, Hey man, do you want to open a gym? And uh, he knew, and I had been doing CrossFit for a while at uh, Jack and Lane's grandson's gym, uh, Chris and Lane, it was Lane Fitness in San Francisco. He had been doing CrossFit for a while at Andy Petronics gym in LA Fit, at LA CrossFit. And um, he, and I just, I sat there, this was back in T9 texting, you remember that, Ari? So it wasn't like a flip board. So I was like, I had a beer. I remember I was, I was in San Francisco, I had a beer and I wrote back, yes this is it. This is, this is the opportunity I, I want to do. I get to go work with a friend, get to build something in an industry that's growing. I get to do something that I really enjoy. And uh, so we, we pulled the trigger. I picked up everything, um, left San Francisco, put everything in a trailer, drove down to Santa Barbara, California, where we designated was a spot we wanted to open the gym. Cause back then it was a wild, wild west. Everyone was putting their stake in the ground of different territories. And uh, you know, I'd never been to Santa Barbara. I didn't know anybody in Santa Barbara, but Seemed like a great place, right? Seen on TV shows. <laughs> and uh, so we opened this little thing called CrossFit Pacific Coast. It was an 800 square foot studio. And this was in 2008-09. So once again, it was like another, you know, um, economic crisis we were going through, which, you know, we didn't have much money. We were bootstrapped completely. No banks were loaning us money. That's for sure. Um, so we did everything kind of the old fashioned way. And this was before really social media took place, right? So uh, we just started walking around introducing ourselves to people, right? Getting to know other local businesses, trying to spread the word and you get one client then two clients then three clients. And over a period of a year and a half, it was pretty touch and go. But as the economy picked up, CrossFit started to get popular. The phone started ringing, referrals started coming in and we grew. And uh, it was great. It was a really exciting ride. And 
um, over a nine year span, what I believe is probably one of the more, uh, the premier gyms on the central coast of California, CrossFit affiliates. And it was going really well. You know, I think um, I was investing in another gym that was opening, um, was helping, you know, guide that process. And uh, then 2016 hit and it was rough, man. We had, uh, you know, over a span of a year, I think it started off with a good friend's suicide to um, us getting pregnant and losing the pregnancy late. And that kind of turns out wrapped up our, our uh, chance to have a family of our own with our own kids. My wife's father passed away at the age of 62 of a heart attack, just done over. Um, and then the end of the year, our dog died. So it was just a really poor year. And through all that stress and struggle, because um, there was a lot of it, it was very dark. Something changed. My chemistry changed. And I call it like, you know, it went from, hey, let's do some things. Let's do this thing someday to what if we did it today? So when I came home one night and I, I told my wife, hey, we always talk about living in a mountain town, right? You're from, she's from Brazil. Like you always want to learn how to ski, right? We talk about all these things. What if I sold the businesses and, and we just, we found a mountain town move there. And she's like, first of all, are you effing with me? Because <laughs> yeah, I know how much this business means to you. I'm like, mm -mm, I'm not. She's like, well, why don't we go? Great. Let's do it. Why don't we go move to a bunch of mountain towns? So I was like, ah, I love you. Great. Let's do it. You know, with trials and tribulations, I ended up getting the businesses sold and exited successfully from those, put a little cash in the pocket, nothing life-changing, but allowed us for the next chapter of our life. So we started hitting the road. We went through um, Northern um, Sierras, up through Oregon, up through Washington, up to Vancouver Island, um, started coming back down with the goal of spending the winter in Whitefish, Montana. So we made it there barely um, by the winter, had a rental and, uh, you know, over the next two or three years, we kept going to other places and coming back, coming to other places, coming back. And now we're, we're very excited to say that we've, we planned some roots here and um, we're going to be here for a while. We're building a home and it's, it's been a really exciting ride. And as far as business on that side of things over the last three years, has been really interesting. Uh, and you've been kind of caught me in critical times too, which is interesting, Ari, that, uh, you know, started out with the digital marketing agency with my buddy, Doug went okay. Um, I think we both realized that um, it was a, a bigger task at hand and we didn't quite have the right formula. So uh, we disbanded that and I started a couple mastermind groups, um, started a, uh, an online uh, Slack community for fitness uh, entrepreneurs, did a bunch of different things. But what I always started doing, and it wasn't intentional, I've actually been doing it for 10 years, was, was coaching entrepreneurs and business owners. You know, start with one, start with two, very casual agreements, like, hey, just pay me when you can or don't pay me at all. And, um, but I loved it. And uh, it took a little bit of noticing to realize that that's actually what I really enjoy doing. And when I crossed my travels up through British Columbia, I came into contact by chance and through a mutual connection with uh, a gentleman named Ken Andruco, who um, owned a very successful, he's been a very successful entrepreneur with a bunch of successful exits. Um, been coaching gym owners, uh, you know, hundreds of gym owners. And, you know, I was happy to be in the same town. He had his mountain home. And when my, someone said, Hey, you should look up Ken. I'm like, yeah, maybe I will. And 10 minutes later, I got off that conversation. I got a text like, Hey, it's Ken, you should come over. I was like, what? This is nuts. So I did. And, uh, I came over and hung out at his house for a while. We drank some bourbon. Uh, we talked about, 
fitness and our stories and what we wanted to do, uh, rode some four wheelers and uh, really kind of bonded and decided that, hey, at some point we're going to work together. Just not sure what that looks like yet. And it took about six months to figure out what that looks like. And now uh, we're full fledged and level five mentors and um, it's growing. It's great. We're, we're doing one on one mentoring for entrepreneurs. Uh, we're doing consulting and advising for, for larger brands. And uh, it's really exciting. We're starting to bring on new associates now too. And of course, we didn't mention this. I've also been doing a little bit of podcasting, right? The, so. the podcasting thing that you've been doing um, is no small thing. Yeah. It's it just, no, you have three. Yeah, I have three, two active. Um, Future of Fitness is still active. We're about to not, we're knocking on the door of 200 episodes. I did the Fitness Blitz Radio, which was shorter 15 minute interviews, did about 360 of those. And now I just kicked up the Black Diamond uh, podcast uh, this month, actually, just did the official launch for it. So that's um, first month is going to be pretty good. I'm pretty happy about that. But I love it, man. It's funny because I don't even think about it as work. I just enjoy it. It's my favorite part of the day. I could get on conversations with people like you and just talk forever. And uh, it just doesn't feel like work. I, I guess I don't even worry about the numbers in my shows. I, I really like to focus on the learning that I, I attain, the natural curiosity that I'm, I'm blessed to have. And, uh, and the relationships I get to form with my guests as well are really important to me. So yeah, man, I've done a lot, almost 600 total. That's awesome. So <clears throat> this is a... Uh a shorter kind of more like your blitz, right? So mm -hmm. I have three kind of questions that I'll, that I'll ask you about, but you've interviewed now around 600 people. There must be some kind of theme to, to those interviews. Everybody's in the fitness industry. So what is the, the overriding theme that you've seen both as far as obstacles, as well as what really, really works, like nitty gritty, this works and it works a lot versus, you know, trial and error. So kind of give us a, a little bit of, for, for all the fitness, uh, you know, enthusiasts and trainers and people in that industry, what things have you seen as overriding, you know, similarities between all of your guests? So are you talking in the context of like business or what gets success for like the end consumer in their fitness goals? Yeah, mostly the business side. Business? Well, everybody gets stuck. You know, I think we all get stuck in doing the things that keep us busy, but never really uh, get a lot. Occasionally we'll get on track with things that are productive. But that, that's a big thing is, is getting stuck. I, I also think, you know, speaking overarching entrepreneurialism is that um, someone's relationship uh, is critical to advancement. And that's just not, not entrepreneurship. That's even in one's fitness, even in one's life. Failure is the learning process. It's not to be necessarily sought out, but it's don't be afraid of it. Like if you're just going to fail. I mean, I, I mentioned to you, over a three-year span, I had four businesses I would consider non-successful, right? I mean, they made money, they were profitable, but not to my standards were successful, but that's okay. I just keep on marching on because I know it brings me one more failure closer to the success I want. So I think that's very, is people who have a good relationship with failure tend to be more successful in the long term, hands down, flat out, no questioning that. 
So fail forward fast is a mm -hmm. statement that a lot of people have made in the self-improvement and entrepreneurial movements. And the faster you fail forward, the further you're going to get anyway. Yeah. So you're and cheaper moving forward. You, you say you had four failed businesses, but because of your ability to pivot and adapt, you've been able to make those failures into successes. Mm-hmm in life, right? So tell me what are some of the successes that you've seen from some of your clients, some of the people that you've been able to coach? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, let me think on that. I, I think the first thing that people need to focus on is how they manage. First of all, understanding, thinking about how you think, right? Is, is a big thing. And how do you approach problems? Because you're always going to run into problems. And, you know, uh, Ken and I actually just, just talked about this, this particular topic yesterday. So it's fresh in my mind is, you know, I, I always look at the way I prefer to do business because I'm very lifestyle oriented and, and fitness professionals will understand this. What is the minimal effective dose for business, right? What is it that you can, what is the, how do you get the result you want with a minimal amount of work and effort and time? And that means you got to think, you got to think on that. You don't just get do, you know, people always associate busyness with hard work and, and productivity. It's not the case. And that's been a, a model for my life is understanding the difference between efficacy and efficiency. Efficiency means just like how many things can you do per hour? Efficacy is, well, what's the end result? right? If I can pick up the phone and make one important phone call every hour, and that gets me closer where I want to be versus 50 phone calls in an hour that maybe get me to where I am. You know where I'm going with this, right? And I think that's the thing and what you got to focus on, which means that you got to spend more time thinking than doing. And you got to focus on the win, W-I-N, what's important now, right? What is the most critical thing in my business right now? And that thing can usually solve with one of two things, which is a who or a what. So understanding that, you know, I think it was at Abraham Lincoln. If you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend four of it sharpening my ax. Like that's, yeah. that's the kind of thought process you need when you're building your business. Like, Hey, let's pump the brakes here. Like what if, what kind of collaboration can I search for? What kind of system can I implement? What, what is it that I need right now? And then how do I solve it? So, you know, it's kind of interesting because, I relate what you just said back to some of the broken system in healthcare and fitness and, and mm. life, which is we're a lot about procedures versus results, right? And so the more we think that the more we do, well, the, the better we should get as a result. But if we're trying to get south and we go 100 miles north, the result is that we just did a whole lot of extra work going in the wrong direction. So it wasn't the procedures that mattered. It was where we were going, the goal that we were trying to achieve. So <clears throat> that's what that reminded me of when you were, when you were saying efficacy versus efficiency, because so many times a businessman, a person who's trying to lose weight, um, or anywhere in between get healthy in any way. There's so many procedures that we try in order to try to not do the hard work of doing the thing that's going to get us the goal. 
right? Yeah. So how many quick fix pills can you try before they fail when you could have been done had you just put a little bit more effort into the planning and the processing of, of that goal, right? Yeah, totally. And I'll, here's one thing I, I believe wholeheartedly to be true is that no matter what in any kind of business or whatever you're in, relationships come first. If you focus on strong relationships and being a person who adds more value than you take in return, you're, you're going to see success. If you just that basic principle in life, right? Like always be seeking to add more value than you take in return. It's from Bob Berg and the go-giver who he's now become a friend of mine. And that, I think that's, if I was going to go and say, Hey, what's the fundamental thing that would be leads you to success would be a relationship with failure and, and, and focusing on relationships first, because you never know where they go. Absolutely. Well, you know, I really appreciate you being on. I'm going to ask you the same thing I ask everybody at the end of, uh, of a conversation is give us, give the listeners three actionable steps that somebody can take today, tomorrow to implement in their life that will move them forward, even if it's just a little bit, but we'll start that process of moving somebody forward. Yeah. Um, I guess if there is one, that I would start with is have that uncomfortable conversation that you know you need to have uh, because it is a weight on your boat that is dragging you down every day, whether you know it emotionally, physically, physiologically. Um, do something, find what you truly enjoy, pursue it every day, and uh, know how much sleep you need and get that every night. Awesome. Sleep is very important. It's uh, everything. You know, it, it's, uh, it's incredible how, you know, how often do you hear some of these big wigs say things like, I only need four hours of sleep, two hours. Nonsense. And then you'll see them heart attack and crash a year later, you know? And uh, sleep, we, we recognize, is the, probably one of the most important things we could do for our physiological health and our mental health. Yes. Keeps them sleeping for two days and you'll find out who they really are right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly i mean my uh you know my wife and i have never had kids but when i see the transition of when uh, people have their newborns it's like i'm not even sure i want to hang out with you right now i'm gonna wait till your kids four or five so i'll see you in a few years right <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on. And this has been another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. Look forward to having you guys join us again. Thank you so much and have a good day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.